Hello, dear listeners. This is Editing Leo speaking. This episode starts out with Charlotte and I interviewing Livia. Later on, we are joined by Ellie. She came late to the recording, so she just pops up during the program. Just so you know. Now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Universe podcast. I'm your host, Leo, here with my co-host, Charlotte. Hi. And our guest, Livia. Hello. Hello, everybody. Livia, people might already know you from episode 3, but still, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Livia. Um, It might seem as if I just were one person, but it still feels as if there were a couple of people living inside of me due to my various interests. And I write poetry. Great. Nice to have you here. As we did in episode 4, we'll start out with the reading today. Is that fine with you? Yeah, sure. Okay, um, I've brought along a poem I wrote in September, and it's called These Pastel Colours. These pastel colours make me want to drown between brick houses, tiny lanes, wet streets and road signs, telling us in vain the miles still to go until we grow and let go the memories of places that won't ever be as they were when we used to be there. Cafes replaced, doors out of stock, colours changing with the songs played on Fridays in pubs down the road, when we knew it was right to expand our senses at night. Pondering, wondering, singing, illuminating cakes with candles, with stolen lighters, knocking on doors at midnight and talking about everything that could be. If we just let be. When late night shopping at Sainsbury's was accompanied by orange skies or tiny drizzles under lanterns of the same shade, just more intense than the deep blue sky, and pieces of chocolate on one's tongue on the way home where the kitchen light was on. And the following days would mean reading and talking and writing and moving, moving between golden trees or in the single hour of sun at noon while they threw frisbees over the college green and voices faded in the wind and merged with planes and plans. We never made it to that flower market on a Saturday morning. Wow, that was really good. Thank you. There's, it feels like there's so much life in this poem. In which context did you write? What was going, what was going on in your life during that time? So, um, actually, by the time I wrote it, um, these things were merely memories. Um, it's a poem about my time spent in London and how I felt there. I think it shows not only from the content of the poem, but also from the rhythm. I could ca- kind of feel the feelings you had about this time of your life thank you yeah I, I think it's it's quite um it has you know back then everything seemed to rhyme so well like the days were so harmonious and things had their rhythm in a way um not exactly like in a musical sense but more like certain things would occur at certain times I would see the same faces and you would have similar colours occurring on the sky and it was very sound in itself, I feel. That's really, really poetic thing, that <laughs> life and things in life and emotions rhyming. I think that, I think, isn't it 
Isn't there a Seamus Heaney line that's like, the poem ends with, and hope and history rhyme, and something like that? It kind Probably. of rings a bell. Might be. Seamus Heaney is great, but I don't know that one, unfortunately. I find it really great because I feel like you really captured the essence of London. Maybe for me, it was maybe I immediately knew it was about London, maybe because I knew you spent some time in London. But I don't know, it's just, uh, it feels like London feels to me. And having the feeling a city gives you captured so well in a poem, that's that's quite something. Thank you for this. I I mean, it's very interesting because the poem itself is actually quite detached from space, isn't it? It doesn't exactly mention any street names or anything um, that is sort of like um, would make you think of London specifically. But yeah, obviously there are hints in there, like me mentioning I do shopping at Sainsbury's, which immediately links to the UK and also the time spent on College Green, which is something we don't quite have here, right? Yes, true. Unfortunately, <laughs> it would be lovely. You could add, if you wanted, I mean, you mm-hmm. certainly don't want that, but if you wanted to make it really specific, you could add some red phone booths in there, so then everybody knew. But you know, it, how many are thunder. there still? Like, phone yeah. booths that aren't there, ironically, or for, for the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Red buses, waterwork. Yeah. yeah. But then um, I would also probably get very specific because I t- took similar buses again and again. So it would be the 453 to <laughs> Westminster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I don't know, something that spe- always speaks of London to me. Maybe other cities have this as well, but the, the white tiles and the tube stations. That, I think that's, yeah. that's so iconic. True. Also, the very specific like signs where you have this like uh, red circle and then uh, this blue line, and in mind there the gap. it says exactly either mind the gap or also the station names. Mm-hmm. And the station names are just so beautiful. I mean, something like Tottenham Court Road. It me- makes your heart melt. <laughs> English, English place names definitely yeah. have something for themselves. True. But I think your poem being a bit detached from the actual physicality of the place is really reflecting kind of because it feels like to me at least that what what this is is about missing a place but you're not really the place missing the place yeah. but missing your experience there and the, and the feeling, people there yeah the feelings Absolutely. you had back then i i fully agree with the two of you it's i wrote it in september when it was exactly one year after I had gone to London and I knew like one year ago was the time when I was packing my things and then arriving and this year I would stay at home and I would have knee surgery soon which was not exactly a very Mm -hmm. nice outlook and I think then all the strong feelings came back and to me London is golden and it's very warm and it might have to do with the fact that university um, I studied at was called Goldsmiths, but I don't think it has because <laughs> it was because of the autumn sun and just a warmth I experienced with the people mm-hmm. there. 
the last time I was there was in February, so it really wasn't warm. Oh yeah, I bet. It was rather grey, probably. It was weird, because there were times when I was glad about my winter jackets, and then one time I was standing atop Tower Bridge, and suddenly it was really warm. <laughs> Maybe it was all the tourists around me, but... <laughs> Yeah, okay. the crowded places have different temperatures, right? Yeah. But yeah. Cool. You've said before mm. that often you type your poetry into your phone when you're on the tube. Is this one of the of the tube poems? Uh, definitely not. <laughs> uh, tube poems end up being much shorter usually. Also, they rather bring in like feelings I've just had. It's like an immediate reaction. Something I need to put down immediately, but this is something like a feeling that has resided inside of me for a year and has grown and has developed and has shaped and then and brought together like my favorite moments of what it, as you've said, what it meant most to me. Like it incorporates the key moments in these words. Um, so I think I wrote this um, in our garden back home at my parents. In the late afternoon, so not a tube poem. <laughs> but it's a more poetic location, maybe. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> comes close to the, I'm sitting under a tree and writing. <laughs> Were you sitting under a tree? <laughs> no, 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 no. Unfortunately, we don't have any old trees in our garden, which is a shame. Okay. But cool. it comes close to that. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> I can relate to those poems that they feel like they've been in you for a long time mm -hmm. but you maybe you weren't aware or at least I often am not aware of of them being there they're kind of there behind the curtains mm -hmm. and one day they kind of break forth and true very much so I mean it was like there was subtle hints like I knew there was something I needed to write about this experience. Like, I wrote so much about this experience, but something that kind of sums it up also perhaps brings some sense of closure to it. And then it just breaks out at some point. <clears throat> Maybe also you need to wait until it has ripened inside of you, and then you can put it down in the right words. Connecting to what you just said, I mm -hmm. thought of the expression that one should leave when it's most beautiful. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because your poem embodies that, I think, because it has this mixture of these all these beautiful images and you you know the person has a good time, but at the same time, you know it's a bit sad because mm -hmm. you're missing it, because you left when it yeah. was most beautiful and now you're a bit sad because you left but you're also happy that you left then because then you have a positive and happy memory about it true that that's very beautifully phrased charlotte i must Thank say <laughs> i think the last line which i say um we never made it to that flower market on a saturday morning indicates that the time could have been much longer that we actually haven't done all the things mm -hmm. we have planned to do but at the same time as you've said um, it made me have positive memories mainly and we all know that it's just a natural flow of life that um, events will be positive and also negative 
but I was lucky enough to leave when things were still quite positive. Yeah, and when you weren't disillusionized because you True. experienced things that aren't so great over there, probably. True, absolutely. Going back to memories and the past, I read this line recently somewhere, I wrote it down on my phone, and it says, memory says more about the present than about the past. What would you say to this in context, in the context of this poem? Um, this is a very wise line, especially since apparently um, memories don't show reality or only show a little percentage of reality and the rest is what we make out of it. The rest is the feelings we add and sometimes it's also probably from a psychological point of view, healthier to colour things a little bit more golden than they actually were. I absolutely agree with that. So at the point I wrote this poem, I was thinking back to these times and they felt so warm to me and they felt both warm and made me feel I was, I was missing them. And at the same time, it wouldn't be the same to return and hope for things to happen again that way or to be a continuation because it was kind of over. And it's probably okay that we never made it to that flower market, <laughs> but I still, <laughs> I would have loved to go. And um, I I think in a, in a way it shows, it shows a bit of sadness and resentment, but also pretty much me being okay with how things turned out eventually, even though I missed them, obviously. I get the feeling from your poem that it's not the place that you're missing, it's just the feeling it gave to you, mm -hmm. sort of. Because so, you're talking about that feeling, that you, the way you use the words are evoking all of those like feelings and images in my mind and it's not like if you could go back now I mean you would but it's not going to be the same probably because yeah. true absolutely everything you say is right I think we talked about that before a little bit too where we said it's it's mainly about the feeling yeah the feeling I miss but the feeling is also at the same time still warming me and keeping me company and if I find myself in a situation where I struggle or where I feel insecure, then I would imagine the tennis courts in London <laughs> on the college green. Me looking down over the college green and it would be an afternoon and I would see the like the sky slowly turning from like bluish to orange and purple and yellow and I'd I'd feel safe, you know. It is also like if Feeling itself is a safe place to be in, in a way. Yeah. That's yeah. totally relatable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that kind of notion of memory and a memory that's connected with a very special feeling being a place to escape to is really cool. I had a, just a quick story. I uh, During this summer, I had a summer job and it was really hot this summer. It was like, must have been 40 degrees and I was working outside on okay. top of, con of like concrete mm -hmm. and what I did I was just I, I 
harken to I, I just thought of uh, holidays in the US with my parents <laughs> and me and my dad uh, gearing up for a hike. Kind of a mental es- super, escape, I guess. Yeah, yeah. totally. That can but, just alleviate every situation where it's to have. Then again, mm-hmm. we are connecting back to the quote you read mm-hmm. because then again, memories say more about the present than about the past because at the moment you're unsatisfied, which is why you compare your emotion at the mm-hmm. moment with the emotion you had back then. Yes. So in a way, it's always yeah a reflection yeah. about the present. Memories cannot only exist in the past by themselves. They are always connected to... Mm-hmm present and i mean as far as i know every time you remember something your brain makes it up again so yeah it's always tainted by by the present Mm -hmm. i don't know if tainted is really the right (laughs) voice maybe (laughs) too too negative (laughs) colored colored oh yeah that's very very good with your poem also what you said before before you said i don't know about your, your memories being golden and you have the theme of golden also in your poem. That was very fitting. Stay gold, pony boy. <laughs> That's all I can say to this. <laughs> Where's this from again? Uh, the Outsiders. I, I've heard it somewhere, but I wasn't aware of the of the, the medium it's from. It's a novel by S.E. Hinton, a woman who had to use her initials because she was writing a young adult story for boys and the publishers were afraid that boys wouldn't read book by a woman. Exactly. Um, And it was actually really successful and they made a film out of it and the film was also quite successful. It's about uh, two uh, opposing gangs of boys, the Greasers and the others are called Mm -hmm. something else. And the main character is called Pony Boy. He has brothers whose names are Soda Pop and something else. They have weird names. Now I feel like reading that. Yeah, it's it's it's. I liked it when we read it in school. I mean, I was a teenager, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's this line where some of them says "Stay gold, pony boy," and that's a very poetic line. I'll try. It is indeed very poetic. I agree. This reminds me of Jamie Oliver's Children. Have you ever heard the names of no. Jamie Oliver's children? Uh, the lemon, ginger. No. One of them is called. No I, 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 don't, I don't. I don't remember all of them, but one of them is called uh, River Rocket. Mm, okay. Don't know what Very it means, but enough with the celebrity children. Um, <laughs> Ellie has brought a very poignant point to the conversation. All right, so um, I wanted to ask you about your last line. So my heart actually sank when I read it because I felt like the poem actually kind of dissolves into disappearing. Or it's like a, it reminded me of a song ending because when the singer's voice sort of gradually disappears, mm-hmm. silences, and the way you said that into um the voices faded in the wind and mm-hmm. merged with planes exactly that part especially it was like a really soft ending to like from existence of your characters and then their voices are like blending in and mm-hmm. then they're not there anymore kind of like the whole poem kind of ends and then there's this um line right away just like strikes we never made it to that flower market on a Saturday morning. It's like really sad, but at the same time, um, and it's a very um, strict, like it's a 
it's cutting off the whole thing. Um, and I was wondering if, um, if that is meant to be a contrast from that soft ending to this boom um, mm -hmm. cutout. Um, and also I realized that in your first um, lines you were saying um, you're talking about pastel colors mm -hmm. and then you were saying that it drowns you. And I thought that pastel colors are um, usually associated with happy feelings and light and soft feelings, but you use the word drowning. So you started with a contrast and then you're kind of ending with a contrast. Was that meant to be this way? <laughs> Thank you for this question. It's uh, incredibly um, sensitive to observe these things. Yeah, I'm not sure if I was reading the like reading between the lines a lot or if it was the detail. I mean, that's, that's what we're here to do. Right? Yeah, right? <laughs> um, I don't construct my poetry, so I, don't, I wouldn't say there's any intended contrast in there. Mm -hmm. um, not at least constructed contrast, but I absolutely see where you're coming from. I think pastel colours is something very tender. And wanting to drown in something also probably relates to me missing it so strongly that I won't want it to surround me and be back in it and have it over me, beside me, under me, everywhere, this feeling. Mm -hmm. So you, you meant more like drowning in the pastel colours, sort of yes. surrounding you, mm. being... Yeah. It, it relates mm -hmm. actually to the next line saying, it makes me want to drown between brick houses, tiny lanes, wet streets and road signs. So mm. in that sort of, yeah, confusion of places and mm -hmm. confusion in a good sense, like between the places that have also become a home to me in a way. Mm -hmm. And then about the end, I think it pretty much relates to how my mind works because I imagine that scene and I remember it so well. There were people like throwing frisbees and you could hear them in the distance and you could hear the wind and the voices were just so, so silent. And I think fading also means, as you said, Like at the end of a song, when things fade out, it means it comes to an end, but it's like a soft landing. Um, but there were not merely these voices, but also planes, and they, in a way, make me think of plans, and then it came to my mind, hey, actually, we haven't even realized all our plans. There are still plans that have not been put into reality, and it makes me sad, but... It is also the way it is. Um, um, a very lovely friend of mine, Franny, read that poem and she was there with me in London so she could relate to all the feelings and then she said the last line though. <laughs> threw me That's off what completely. I was thinking when I read it. <laughs> yeah, and if I were there, I, I don't I can't even imagine how I would feel reading that line because it was really sad and I just I was oh like, oh. <laughs> there is some sense of sadness or incompletion there. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's the part that actually gives you that feeling of like missed place and mm -hmm. yeah sadness I think it it's necessary in a way yeah. to end it like it's striking like it's I liked it a lot thank you thank <laughs> you that's very sweet
so we were all kind of taken unaware by by the last line. <laughs> do you share your poetry and do you read it out to other people? And how does that make you feel? How does that work? Sharing, yes, I do have a blog, um, which is um, called Tiny Steps in a Room Called Dot. Um, That's something I want to check out now. <laughs> please do so. Like, sorry um, to interrupt you, but I always thought that the thing was tiny steps in a room called WordPress.com. That the, the room is WordPress. That's what I thought. I, that is a very interesting interpretation. I, I was thinking of WordPress as being my room, but because I didn't know what it's called, because obviously I don't want to call it WordPress, mm -hmm. I put a dot there as, you know, like leaving it blank, like leaving blank space for... My room doesn't have a name, and mm. I just know that there are tiny steps in it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> so that, that is where, where I share part of my poetry. I think there are still some poems I keep to myself, I keep in my notebooks. Um, I might give to people personally at some point, so I don't share all of them. Reading, not so much really, except for during universe meetings. <laughs> I think it has to do with just the trust I've gained, like the people are so wonderful, it gives you such a feeling of being at home and you just feel free to share things without being afraid to be judged or to to be emotionally exposed, I think. That would be my greatest fear. Generally, reading out is not so much a thing, reading out to other people. Um, I don't really do that. I think they can read it for themselves and their pace um, and bring in their interpretations, really. Mm. But do you read them on your own? Um, For yourself? <laughs> that's something I probably should do more often because I've realised today when I read through the poem once or twice before we recorded this, I used to stumble over the same line over and over again. So apparently um, I do write things that are phonologically seen um, quite... Well, clumsy, perhaps. <laughs> um, so I rarely do so. But sometimes when I go back to old poetry I wrote some months ago, or I would read them, read one or the other poem out aloud and it would give me a much more intense feeling than just reading it because I think I use a lot of like rhyming and sometimes let just lines flow into the following line, all these kind of things. <laughs> so um, I, I do read them out from time to time, but it's rather on rare occasions. Mm -hmm. You talked about um, lines being phonologically clumsy, but there can also be meaning in the lines being difficult to, to read out and kind of throwing off the reader, right? True, absolutely. I haven't thought about that just yet, but uh, I fully agree. Um, there are some lines that make me want to cry sometimes. <laughs> I just feel yeah, like but then I need to leave the room. <laughs> but that fits because some emotions are difficult mm -hmm. 
to feel. To so yeah. some language that transports yeah. these feelings can also be difficult to read. True. But once so. you once you got it out, it's sometimes also nice to yeah. savor savor that emotion and yeah. say it over and over again because writing something and maybe even more saying it feels so affirmative. It makes what also you're feeling is so much more real. And sometimes True. that can also be scary. And sometimes, yeah. me at least, I'm sometimes afraid of how much more real my feelings become when I write mm -hmm. them down. Yeah. It's like it solidifies all the things that you're feeling and kind Absolutely. of like relieving because you can finally get them out. Not that mm -hmm. you're getting rid of them, but in a way you're leaving off some of the weight of it, mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah, That's I sometimes I feel, like. feel like writing is like going into the woods and screaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good analogy. Yeah. That's a very beautiful analogy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's odd with writing, isn't it? Wouldn't you agree? Because on the one hand, it gives you the chance to get rid of that weight, as you've just pointed out, Ellie. And then on the other hand, upon rereading, the emotions might hit you so strongly again. Um, it's like a permanent interaction, like coming and going of feelings. Um, but I would still say, like in the first place, they, um, like writing helps me, like it helps me coping with emotions. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, you had this really interesting phrases in your um, poem, yeah. um, two words especially that um, caught my attention. I didn't know what they meant or if they mean anything at all or... Um, what, what's the story behind those? Maybe for the listeners, um, how do you spell them out? Yeah. How, how do you pronounce them? Right, so I I basically um, spelled could be and let be uh, the way they are pronounced. So could be and let be. Um, um, yeah, and they <laughs> look so different and they look like, I don't know, like marine animals or I don't know. But um, it's just like the way, because it relates to the times when we were talking about everything and when you talk, you never pay attention to how precise your pronunciation is. <laughs> this is really nice because it crashes the boundaries of writing and speaking. Mm. Yeah. I hoped it would, or it just felt closer to what these conversations, situations were like. Uh -huh. No, at it first does. I was like, is that French? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it might, because uh, my first thought was like, oh, like something like middle high German. <laughs> <laughs> It reminded me of uh, Michael's story. I was just say. <laughs> and with this final revelation, we end this podcast. Thanks a lot, guys, for being here. Thank you, Olivia. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you, my pleasure. Thank you, Ali. Thank you very much. This was episode five of the Universe podcast. If you enjoyed it and would like to hear more of us, make sure to subscribe to the Universe podcast wherever you listen to it. While you're at it, we'd be delighted if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. The reviews on iTunes help people discover our podcast and tell all your friends about it. Comments? Questions? You can reach us on Twitter. We're at PodUniverse. On Facebook? Or 
via our email address podcast at universe.univ.org. This podcast was edited and hosted by Leonhard Engelmeyer. The co-host was Charlotte Zerz. We were joined by our second co-host, Elinaz Kabaji. Our guest was Livia Regan. The editorial board for this episode was also made up of Elinaz Kabaji. I hope you visit this planet in the universe again. In the meantime, stay safe in space. Thank you for listening.